0: Real Presence Live. Religion has understood things about the way humans function long before science was able to prove anything. Local.
1: It's always important for all of us to kind of look externally and say, what about these family? They are just like the Holy Family. They're
2: experiencing the same persecution.
3: Engaging. Jesus wants to be with us. I
1: always think of that as at the heart of the Eucharist.
0: Live. A mystery then of the rosary allows us to see a teaching of the church, but to be able to go deeper within that teaching.
2: Good morning, South Dakota, North Dakota, Minnesota, Wisconsin, and Wyoming. My name is Thomas Escrow. I'm here with Father Mark Lichter
0: welcome hello
2: and we are your hosts for today's real presence live we're broadcasting live 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 from roncali high school here in aberdeen
0: south dakota we're waving at the kids already they're coming by and saying hi
2: lots of people walking by we're gonna have a lot of fun today uh father mark would you open us up in a prayer
0: yes let's take a moment to ask our lord to guide us and be with us today on this radio show In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen, Amen. Lord, we give you praise and honor and glory in all things, especially thank you for this uh, gift of Real Presence Radio, and being able to reach out to those that uh, are in their cars or in their homes, those that might be homebound, those that are um, unable to get out in some way, we ask that the Lord be with us today, guide us, help help us to know what you want us to speak about today, and to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Thank you for this Lenten season as we prepare for the gift of the Easter Resurrection. We ask all this through Jesus, who lives forever and ever. Amen. Amen. Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.
2: Amen. Again, my name is Thomas Escrow. I'm the Director of Evangelization and Discipleship at Sacred Heart Catholic Church. I'm here with Father Mark Lichter, the pastor of Sacred Heart here in Aberdeen. And Aaron, would you give us a preview of the show today?
4: Absolutely. We're going to have an excellent show today.
2: We'll be talking about hope and healing in this first hour with Rita Dupree after her experience with abortion. After that, Father, will be taking your comments and questions during our Straight Talks call-in segment. Then in the second hour, we'll answer how we can be more active in the church with Mark Peters of the Minnesota Knights of Columbus and an event coming up in the area. We will wrap up that second hour with Liz Mieskowski and what we can do
4: to make Catholic education more accessible with a fun event they have as well. All this
2: coming up on the show today. Back to you guys. Wow. Real full docket we got here. I'm excited to go. How are you feeling, Father?
0: I'm just excited as can be. Uh, First of all, there's no snow. Yeah. Which is an awesome thing. Oh, it's been a beautiful
2: last few days, here in Aberdeen at least. I think all across the Midwest it's heating up.
0: We're very lucky.
2: We're breaking out of the long winter, and uh, we're ready to go. We're ready for a long summer.
0: We are. We're ready to go.
2: Very good. Like I said, we're broadcasting live here from Roncalli Catholic High School in Aberdeen, South Dakota. And um, I don't know. Going to our first guest, we have Rita Dupreez. Rita Dupree, with us from the Diocese of Rapid City. Good morning, Rita. Good morning. Uh, Rita, thank you for being with us this morning. We want to hear um, your story about Rita um, is involved with Rachel's Vineyard, and we want to hear her story about healing from her abortion experience. But first, can you tell us a little bit about yourself?
1: Sure. As you said, I'm from Rapid City. I have lived and worked here most of my life with the exception of seven years I lived in Ohio. Um, I am married to my best friend. Um, This is my second marriage, and we've been together over 20 years. Um, We do have seven children, five living, and two of them are in heaven. More about that in a little bit. (laughs) And nine grandchildren. One of them is in heaven, and one is due in August. Wow. I'm retired okay. from civil service. I worked at Ellsworth for 30 years. Um and today I work at St. Vincent de Paul um about 10 hours a week and I put together um pilgrimages, um spiritual pilgrimages um, overseas. Wow. Yes, yes. Um I volunteer a lot. That that's good. Keeps me out of trouble.
2: <laughs> yeah, definitely. So where does this journey of healing begin for you? Oh,
1: um, I was uh, 31 years old, um, and I had um, just gone through the divorce with my first husband. Um, and it was at that time where um, my world was crumbling, and I felt very alone. Um, probably at the lowest point I had Two young children at that point; they were under four, and I was just coming out of an abusive, broken marriage. Mm. And also in that marriage, I had had a miscarriage—a baby between mm. my two babies. Um, so uh, you know, when you're at the bottom, all you can do is reach up. <laughs> yeah. And so I reached out to my church for healing. Um, I began going to mass often, and um, Father had told me to attend Al-Anon meetings and Mm. and, um, went to a lot of support groups. um, And I frequented the sacraments, and I found myself in prayer a lot. Mm. A lot. (laughs) Amen. Um, Looking back today, I realized that God was there. I just didn't feel worthy, you know?
2: What comes to my mind as you're speaking, Pope Francis talks a lot about how the church isn't a museum of saints. It, it's a hospital for sinners. Amen. So th- thank God that your parish was there and was able to kind of accompany you through this uh, grieving process, through the healing process, um, that the parish was there, that, that they were able to guide you into prayer. Um, so what were some of the things you experienced right after, um, right after the abortion?
1: Well, I'm going to take you back many years. I was only 19, and I was in college at Black Hill State, and the father of the baby was um, a military man, and he had actually asked me to marry him, but, you know, I had big dreams and big goals, and I was kind of suffering severe morning sickness, and I was very scared and ashamed. Mm -hmm. And the nurse at the college, Um, actually gave me some counsel. She suggested an abortion. And, you know, this is back in the early, early 80s. So, you know, it was just coming out, women's rights and all this happy stuff. And um, she said it's just an an easy procedure. It's fast, affordable, and it's legal, and everything's going to be okay. And nobody ever has to know about it. And so she really took care of it. She set everything up in Rapid City. I didn't even know there was, you know, a clinic here. Um, So on May 15, 1982, um, I went into the clinic, and Uh. I actually knew the exact second that the baby was sucked out of me. Uh. It was not only physically painful, and I really felt I deserved that. But emotionally, a big part of me died that day. You know, I was just filled with shame and guilt and dread, and depression flooded me.
2: Wow. So that was when you were 19 and in college. And you said it wasn't until you were 31 or 33 that you kind of returned uh, to the faith and and started to find hope and healing from that experience at 19?
1: Well, I, I never stopped going to Mass,
2: uh-huh. but,
1: but I was one of those back row people who didn't feel very worthy. Um, I I knew God was out there, but I, I wasn't willing to share my whole heart with Him. I, yeah. I wanted to keep that dark and hidden yeah. from
0: Him. Rita, I, this is Father Mark here. I just was going to compliment you on the on the courage that it takes to talk about all this and uh, you know, to bring it to the light like you did, um, and then to continue to share like you're doing. I, I really appreciate that so much. I know that you help a lot of people when you do that. And uh, so I just want to compliment you on that for for doing that.
2: Because how many mm-hmm. other people are probably out there? And, you know, we know how many 50 to 60 million abortions since Roe v. Wade in this country mm-hmm. alone. How many women yeah. out there that are in the same place that you found yourself you know, in distress and hope and despair, sitting in the pews next to us every every Sunday, yeah. you know they're not it's not that this is happening in uh back alleys and people we don't know in our lives. This is our neighbors, our friends, our family, and we as a church mm-hmm. need to be you know vehicles of of Jesus's peace of his healing, and especially of his forgiveness and mercy, yeah yeah. So you're involved in Rachel's Vineyard, is that correct?
1: Yes, yes.
2: Um, Can you explain to the audience, if they have not heard about Rachel's Vineyard ministry, how would you describe this program? It's a powerful weekend.
1: It's led by an amazing group of people. um, Most who have experienced all these feelings, Um, they're very committed, and they're Their commitment is to freeing um, all of us of the brokenness. Mm. You know, and everybody's welcome at Rachel's Vineyard. Moms and dads and grandmas and grandpas and siblings and aunts and uncles and best friends. You know, basically anyone who's been affected by an abortion and needs that healing. And it's all faith. It's, you know, there's many, many, many people. Some people who don't even attend church have healing at Rachel's Vineyard.
0: Rita, where does that take place? Uh, you're talking about like in Rapid City or are you talking to other places?
1: Um, you know, the, the group here, it does take place in Rapid City and there is one also in North Dakota.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, right
1: now, these retreats are just given once a year, um, but the need is great.
0: Mm-hmm. They also have one that's in South Dakota here too.
1: Yeah. Oh, in a broom,
0: broom tree. I think they have one oh. at broom tree also in on, in the eastern part of the state.
2: Beautiful. Beautiful, To me, the real beauty it seems with Rachel's Vineyard program is that it's oftentimes run or the people involved are people that have gone through an abortion experience, and yes. so th- it's very relatable. They know what women are going through: the the despair, the guilt, the shame, and yet here you have Christian women that have found the the loving mercy of Jesus Christ and want to share that with women that are experiencing the same trauma that they went through. And so it's a real communal type event um, where you're not alone. You know, I think that's the great evil that the devil wants to whisper to all of us in whatever we're struggling with. You're alone in this. And Rachel's Vineyard says, bring this to the light. Um, you're not alone, and there is hope. Again, thank you for uh, listening to Real Presence Live. We are here. Uh, I'm Thomas Escro, and I'm here with Father Mark, and we're speaking with Rita Dupree, um, who works and volunteers along with Rachel's Vineyard in the Diocese of Rapid City. Um, so, Rachel, uh, if if I'm searching, or if someone out there is searching for a way to heal from an abortion, how do they, what, what's their first step? to getting involved in, in Rachel's Vineyard?
1: Um, you know, there is... Um, the person that um, I want to point to is is Carol Kling. She's been working um, this Rachel's Vineyard group team um, for many years, and I heard her speak at Pastoral Ministry Days six years ago, and, you know, her courage was just so incredible, and she invited me as she told her story it just got right into that dark spot in my heart and as you said the light get, bring it out into the light and mm-hmm. so I visited with her thinking I had done so well at my healing you know <laughs> and uh, uh, Carol invited me to this weekend and she was telling me you know there's there's layers there's layers of healing in this um, mm-hmm. so um all, all you have to do is just call Carol. I have her number. I think they're going to post it on the, our website, Real Presence Radio website. And there's an email, c-k-l-i-n-g at sdplains.com. Or you could Google Rachel's Vineyard, and they can get you to all the information. Um, and the weekend's coming up real soon. The weekend's April twenty sixth to the twenty eighth. And if if this is something you can do and you need to do this the invitation is extended to all of our listeners. <laughs> mm. God God needs you
2: so God people needs can all of us. That's great. So there's a weekend coming up in, in the Diocese Rapid in Rapid City?
1: Yes, sir. Yes.
2: April twenty sixth to the twenty eighth. And they can go online to and through Rachel's Vineyard, I'm sure through the Diocesan website, through Real Presence Radio to get connected with how to how to find out more and how to um, get registered for that retreat.
0: That's a beautiful time also because it'll be in the octave days of Easter oh, yes. uh, where Divine it goes mercy into Sunday. Divine Mercy Sunday, <laughs> which is beautiful. That's a, yes. We all need God's yes. mercy.
2: Yes. <laughs> so Rita, one more question for you. Um, oftentimes when we think about Rachel's Vineyard, we think about it's just for women, but you had mentioned earlier that it's for men, too. Is that correct? Absolutely. Absolutely.
1: Anybody who's been affected. You know, um, we forget about the dads and the grandmas and the grandpas. We yeah. forget that brokenness and the ripple effect. And I need to share with you, it took me 30, 30 years to tell my children. Mm. And the mercy extended from my children with great healing.
2: Mm. You know, I
1: was, you know, and they're amazing. They're amazing. And it's
2: beautiful. Rita, I can just hear it in your voice, the amount of work that God has done in your life and and will continue to do. And now the beautiful part is not only have you experienced the loving presence of God, but you've now extending it out to other people. And that's what we do when we... experience God right it's like you can't Amen. keep it to yourself <laughs> the, the joy that comes with following Christ is uh, the cup overfloweth as they say right yeah well is yes. there anything else you want to add Rita you know um, just that the weekend
1: if, if you don't have to tell people I mean this is just something that God has put on my heart but you can go and heal with just God you know, it's not it's mm-hmm. not a place where you're gonna have to raise a banner and say this is what I've done, this is my sin. Right. It it's very personal and nobody really does have to um know you're coming. It's very discreet. We're cloistered so
2: it's a very um, judgment free zone. Amen. With the only amen. goal of it is for you to encounter God's mercy. So thank you, Rita, for being with us uh this morning
1: thank you
0: rita thank you for thank you for your witness we
2: appreciate it so much
1: oh thank you father thank you
2: all right well coming up next uh call in with your questions for father mark during our straight talk segment have a question for father related to faith or things happening in the world around us he's ready to take on any topic plus hear how you can form a more intimate relationship with christ stay tuned uh, coming up here on Real Presence Live.
3: Live, engaging, and local. That's Real Presence Live on the Real Presence Radio Network.
2: you got Real Presence Radio right now. If you're listening to it, you're probably sitting back saying, Huh! Real Presence Radio is a huge part of the driving culture of promoting Catholicism, and it is. I mean, how many commercials have you heard from previous interviews, especially people calling into this network saying, you know, you have changed my life. I was driving, I travel a lot, you know, I I was laid up. For whatever reason, I'm, you know, I was at home. I was listening to that particular program or, or that teaching, and it totally changed my life. So it's not just happenstance that this is working the way that it does. The Holy Spirit can connect with people on a multiple or multiple different levels, and the radio network is one. And the Spirit's telling you, you know what? Be a part of this mission. Help me save souls. Keep, uh, you know, RPR on on the live network so people uh, have this beautiful ministry available. To
0: This is Cindy Detterman from St. Joseph's in Brooks. Thank you for listening to Real Presence Radio.
2: Hi, this is Brett Beiler, Area Account Executive with Real Presence Radio. Did you know the signal of Real Presence Radio reaches an audience of over 2.1 million people across North Dakota, Minnesota, South Dakota, Wisconsin, and Wyoming? Have you ever thought about running radio spots on the RPR network? We want to partner with you to help gain exposure for your business in front of a very faithful customer base. To find out more about your options, please call me, Brett Beiler, at 605-670-8333.
1: Rochester Catholic Schools welcomes you to an all-new Hearts of Gold, Friday, April 26th, starting at 6.30 p.m. at the brand-new Hilton in downtown Rochester. The event's theme is Cirque in the City, and there will be a cocktail party atmosphere with cuisine available at several unique food stations, plus a VIP hour at 5.30. Individual tickets and host table options are available by visiting RCS 4700, or online at homeishere.org.
0: You're listening to Real Presence Live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Join in the conversation on our Facebook page, and be
2: sure to like us for more great Catholic content. Now, back to the show. Good morning. My name is Thomas Escrow.
0: And I'm Father Mark Lichter.
2: And we are your hosts for Real Presence Live. We're broadcasting live here from Roncalli Catholic high school in Aberdeen, South Dakota,
0: and it's a busy little place. They got kids running all over the place. It's kind of a wonderful thing. You know, I thought it'd be more signs of life.
2: I thought it'd be more chaotic, but obviously kids are in class. So yes, for so the three minutes in between classes, it'll get kind of busy, but then all of a sudden it quiets down.
0: Yeah, they say at nine thirty there's supposed to be a big rush out here. So, well, I'll have that, to get ready for that.
2: Yeah, <laughs> Father, where are you from originally?
0: I'm originally from Mitchell, South Dakota.
2: Okay. And is there a Catholic high school down there? They had a
0: Catholic high school. uh, Actually, I went to Notre Dame High School in Mitchell in 1969, and it closed the next year. Okay. So I was a freshman, and then they closed it down. Uh, There was financial difficulties and that kind of thing, but uh, real controversial at that time. It was hard, very hard on people.
2: Okay. Um, So you're a Catholic school alum. All 12 years of your education?
0: No, I ended up going to the public school when I was a Sophomore, junior, senior. Okay, but my freshman year was at Notre Dame and Mitchell, which is a Catholic high school there. So it it's a it was a good one, good yep. place to be, and got a kind of a good uh, chance to experience both uh, public school and also Catholic school. Sure, and so I have a kind of a background in that now.
2: So you say graduating class of 1969. Is well, that right? we'd say a freshman class of. Oh,
0: 1969. freshman class of 1969. 1969.
2: So you get a sense as a listening audience. I'm not picking on you, but father's not exactly a spring chicken. But that being said, <laughs> he's looking at me. He's, not. But that being said, he's father bikes. On bad water yeah, here. Father has a hobby where he bikes uh, multiple, many miles more than any other person of his. Uh, age group that i know of you really enjoy biking don't you father
0: you're pretty limited in your knowledge there's probably about more people <laughs> biking oh really? than you think oh but um yeah i like to bike we get out biking in fact you know, father terry anderson from uh, st thomas More and brookings pastor there is going to be here this afternoon we're going to be going biking this afternoon nice weather so we can get out get outside and tool sure. around we go about 20 miles
2: yeah that's great
0: yeah good exercise good way to get out
2: and it's not experience. the first time I've been told you're limited in your knowledge. <laughs> <laughs> well, oh, father. Well, we're coming up here on Palm Sunday on kind of the busiest week of the, the church year, the holiest week. Are you ready for We Holy love week?
0: that. Actually, it's it's a little bit of a I always think of it like a little retreat. Yeah. Because it everything kind of rushes in there but then it slows down because yeah. we have Palm Sunday. Then there's three days there before the Triduum. The three days that we treat as one day, and it's actually less hectic than Christmas hmm. because there's only one uh, celebration each day. Sure. And then we have, of course, the Easter Resurrection on the Sunday. That's a busy day, but mm-hmm. uh, it's actually it kind of slows down a little mm-hmm. bit. People don't interrupt you as much unless there's a emergency. But as a priest, it's kind of a nice time to sit back and get ready yourself for mm-hmm. the Triduum. I, I always appreciate that time. Uh, We have a lot of confessions we do just before and then all of a sudden that's turned off and then we go right into the more of a retreat uh, Mm -hmm. triduum. So it's wonderful. I I appreciate that time.
2: Well, very good. Like I said, uh, my name is Thomas Esker. I'm with Father Mark. We're here on Real Presence Live uh, this morning from Aberdeen uh, Runcali Catholic High School. And, um, you know, I'm new to to parish ministry i've been on staff about seven months at sacred heart one thing i didn't know we got the palms for palm sunday in the other day which they come by fedex in case you didn't know that (laughs) i'm out there thinking that somebody actually goes to like jerusalem and picks a bunch of palms off the palm nope they come by fedex they deliver everything next year
0: next year thomas you're going down to florida and pick up a bunch of palms i like that And you'll be bringing him back. Talk about
2: a business trip, my man.
0: Twenty-four hours, though—that's oh, all you have. Twenty-four shoot. hours. <laughs> Thomas has been uh, a wonderful employee so far at Sacred Heart in Aberdeen, and we appreciate him very much. What
2: a guy! See, I insult him with the age, and then he turns around and compliments me. That gives you a little hint of our relationship as employer-employee.
0: It was really uh, important <laughs> that you didn't say the age. <laughs> That was that was the thing that saved you. We'll
2: let people do the math on their own.
0: Yeah, that's right. That's right. You could. Yeah, I guess I didn't think of that. Uh,
2: why don't we give a little rundown of um, our Easter Triduum schedule at Sacred Heart? Oh sure. Uh,
0: we uh, first of all we do have Palm Passion Sunday this coming Sunday, mm-hmm. and uh, at uh, Sacred Heart we have. Uh, a 5 o'clock Mass on Saturday night, and then we have seven thirty, nine thirty, eleven thirty on Sunday to kick off the Holy Week. Um, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, we would have our regular Masses, Mass schedule. And then Thursday, we get into the Triduum, and that's the beginning of the uh, three days that we treat as one day uh, for the gift of the Passion, Death, and Resurrection of our Lord. It's a high point of our Catholic faith, of our of our Christian faith. And uh, at Sacred Heart, we have uh, 7 o'clock uh, Holy Thursday, which is the gift of uh, um, the Eucharist. Mass of the Last Mass Supper. Mass of the Last Supper. Yep. Got to kind of spit it out here. <laughs> um, that's at 7 o'clock, and we have the washing of the feet, uh, the mandate to serve, uh, the gift of the priesthood, and the gift of the, the Last Supper, the gift of the Eucharist. And then on Friday, it's the only day, Good Friday is the only day that they don't have Mass, um, celebrated as regular Mass. We have uh, adoration of the cross, we have the passion that we, that's uh, said, and then we also have communion. We save enough of, of the body of our Lord from the night before uh, to take care of Friday. And so that will start at 3 o'clock. We have a 3 o'clock hour, that's where uh, our Lord died on the cross, and, of course, then the next day, um, it's a real busy day on the on Saturday for us. We have rehearsals and we have RCA that comes in, the mm-hmm. people that are, are getting ready to come into the faith, those that are being baptized. So Saturday night, it starts at 830. It's supposed to be at night at, in the dark. So you start out with a new fire. Um, so it's at 830 at night. And then we have uh, the lighting ceremony. Then you have the Word of God. And then we have the sacraments that they'll celebrate, baptism being mm-hmm. the prominent one. And then we have the gift of Easter resurrection, uh, the gift of the Eucharist. They receive these people, the people from RCA, they come in uh, to the fullness of the Catholic faith by a profession of faith, mm-hmm. uh, baptism, also First Communion, confirmation, and then we go into the regular part of the Mass, which mm-hmm. would be the, the gift of uh, the resurrection. So that. High point of the Triduum, and then we go right into Easter Resurrection. Mm -hmm. It's an awesome time.
2: You know, one thing I didn't know until probably about a year ago, and maybe I was sleeping in my catechesis class as a child, but I picked this up, and I thought it was so fascinating that the Easter Triduum is really three— we kind of think of it as three distinct um, services or liturgies, but really they're treated as one in this— And even in the real way of we have the opening prayer at the the start of Holy Thursday Mass, but there's no closing prayer. Right. And then there really isn't an opening prayer per se on Good Friday. Right. We just go right into, you know, the priest will come up, prostrate themselves, which I always think is a a fascinating thing to see as uh, someone sitting in the pews, to see kind of the priest lay down in humility before the cross and before the Lord. Um, And then there's no closing prayer on Good Friday, and and then you go right into lighting of the fire on Easter Vigil. So the three kind of run together um, during the Easter Triduum. So I'd encourage everyone out there to attend Holy Thursday, Good Friday, and the Easter Vigil, if you're able, um, and really see it as kind of one continuous liturgy.
0: The good Catholics, they always ask... When's the long one, Father, on that Saturday night? And I say, well, we'll try to keep it at two and a half hours um, for you. So, you know, but it's the Easter resurrection. It's a a wonderful thing to see all, have them all together like that.
2: Well, very good, Father. Well, we're moving in to our Straight Talk segment. All right. We're excited to bring you this segment on Real Presence Live. It's called Straight Talk. And it's your opportunity to share your questions and comments on topics related to faith or on things happening in the world around us with our local hosts and priests. Uh, When you hear the sound effect, which you just heard, please call 877-795-0122. That's 877-795-0122. Or you can send in your questions and comments to us on Facebook. We would love to hear from you. All
0: right. Now, if I can't answer him, this is Father Mark. If I can't answer him, I ask Thomas. <laughs> and if Thomas can't answer him, then we call Bishop Swain. <laughs> if Bishop Swain can't answer, then we call the Pope.
2: You know, this is funny so, sitting on this side this perspective of um of questions because um like we don't know everything and sometimes I think that's okay. So hopefully we can answer as many questions and Father Mark can answer questions uh, that come in, but sometimes we just, in all humility, have to say, hey, I don't know. And But that doesn't mean there isn't an answer out there, you and know?
0: And we usually, what we do is we give you an assignment. If we can't answer it here, we make you look it up somewhere uh, in one of the mm-hmm. encyclicals or in the catechism of the Catholic Church and do mm-hmm. a little homework yourself.
2: Right. One thing that we, I work a lot with the youth in our parish, and one thing that we're con- continually telling youth is that Your questions are good. You know, it is good that you have these things that God is placing questions in your heart. And to keep searching, keep searching for truth because um, the truth isn't just an ideal. It's not just um, um, an idea. It's a person. You know, the truth is a person, the person of Jesus Christ. So to continue to seek after the truth will lead you um, to the fullness of the Catholic faith. So I'd encourage you, again, our number is 877 You can call in with any questions you might have, or you can submit your questions to us on Facebook. And that is Real Presence Radio Network. It's a Facebook page. You can submit them right on there. So I am looking at our whiteboard and listening, and no questions are coming no in. Que-
0: that's uh, probably a good sign. Yeah. <laughs>
2: we might be getting off the hook a little bit easy. Uh, today, Father. Yeah,
0: it was it was quite a um, interview by Rita that we had, and there no might kidding. Be some questions that people might have around Rita Dupree, who had an abortion at one time, and then she's talked about her healing process, and it's a wonderful uh, witness that she gave. Hard, hard topic in so many ways. It's hard to um, talk about that, bring it to the light, and so we're very appreciative to her for bringing that out as uh, many people si- suffer suffer silently yeah. or not
2: all right well we have um, a question submitted to us on Facebook father for you Sarah wants to know uh, do you make the sign of the cross when genuflecting
0: that is just really a high theology <laughs> that's a high theology <laughs> don't, don't make
2: fun of the question father. I should come fun on of that. now
0: you know I depends on what context you're talking about I suppose it y when you come in to reverence the blessed sacrament uh in the church before you enter into the pew a lot of times they do the sign of the cross mm-hmm. i don't think it's like mandatory i don't think anybody's watching you or anything like that um so i don't i think it's probably an optional thing i mm-hmm. don't think you you know it's mandated in any way uh but i think it's a sign of reverence and piety and and yeah. a show of uh your love for the lord and Usually when you enter the church, they have the uh, holy water fonts on the outside where you make the sign of the cross already, so you've already made the sign of the cross when you come into the church. And then you usually genuflect and go into the pew. Uh, The altar is the sign of Christ, so a lot of times they bow at the altar. We genuflect to the tabernacle where Jesus is present.
2: You know, that's one funny thing about being a layperson Catholic that you never know quite perfectly what is the correct postures as I'm entering and exiting a church? And I always think about that when I'm going to a different church or even at Sacred Heart because our set, we have a big, beautiful church, but two of the entrances to the church are kind of at the front. So you walk in, like many churches, and you're right in front of the, the front pews. Um, and so, you know, you would genuflect towards the tabernacle, but then if you're walking back to your pew and you cross in front, you would stop and bow towards the altar. I I just think it's kind of a fascinating thing to watch different people. Really, I should be praying instead of watching people.
0: (laughs) That's probably true. That's probably true.
2: But you know, or to go to different Catholic churches and think, okay, you know, in my brain, I'm where is Jesus? Where is the Blessed Sacrament? And always having the reverence to genuflect. And I think of it as bowing before the King. You know, in uh, king Arthur's days, you know, medieval times, a knight would kneel before his king to be knighted. You know, as as Christians in this world, Christ, we proclaim Christ as our king. Yeah, and
0: I always like the the line where it says uh, that where every uh, knee shall bend at the name of Christ, at the name of Jesus, that every knee and head shall bow, knee shall kneel before the Lord. And that's an important thing for us to do and in terms of reverence and uh, piety in our mm-hmm. lives. That's one of the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Again, so hopefully that answers the question for Sarah. Hopefully, at least partially
2: to le- to at least some degree. Again, we're at our uh, call-in segment, straight talk with Father Mark. Our, our number is eight seven 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 nine five zero one two two. You can call in with your question uh, during this segment, and we'll be we'll be happy to answer. Um, you know, you mentioned holy water fonts at the at the entrances to the church. I always think that's a great way um, that the church gives us these sacramental items to remind us ultimately of our baptism right right the place where we um, in one sense we died uh, our old life and entered into the newness of uh, of life in Christ so every even though I don't remember my baptism because I was an infant and I was baptized by the faith of my parents every time I use holy water uh, to make the sign of the cross it it should bring me back to some degree to that moment, right? Yeah.
0: I think we've been interviewing these little second graders for First Communion. Mm-hmm. And I always ask the children, why do they do that? Why do you put your finger in the holy water and make the sign of the cross? They can never answer that. And then I ask the parents, and then they can't answer it. <laughs> so I, I think a lot of times we do things, and we do it just out of just habit. Mm-hmm. We don't think about it, but it's really a sign of our baptism that we die to Christ and rise to new life in Christ. And we make the sign of the cross when we come in.
2: Absolutely. We used to say, I went to uh, North Dakota State University and was involved in the Newman Center, St. Paul's Newman Center up there. And if you've ever been to the Newman Center, it has this big bowl of holy water. The holy water font is actually just outside the chapel. And so, um, and I met my wife Katie there when I went into mass and and I put my hands in the holy water font and she was going on the other side and she put her hand in the holy water font at the same time. There was a big zap, and then that's when I, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> she would kill me. If she, she's listening, she's going to kill me later for having said that. But we did meet at the Newman Center there, and, um, and we are very blessed in our uh, vocation towards one another, and we have three daughters, and now we live in Aberdeen, South Dakota.
0: Okay, we're still waiting. 877 877-795-0122. For the first person to call in, we'll have a, a free coupon here that Father Lichter will give you if you call in. <laughs> a coupon for... Well, I, I have to find out what I have in my car.
2: <laughs> the basket can go by you one time on one Sunday, and you don't have to drop your envelope in. One cu- free coup? No, we're kidding. All right. We have, oh, boy, a long question here submitted from Deacon Tom from Jamestown. Are you ready for this one, Father? Deacon Tom. Deacon probably Tom. should know that answer already. Asks, um, regarding 24-hour Sunday opening in North Dakota. Uh, regarding 24-hour Sunday opening in North Dakota. So if, if, if you don't know, if you're from South Dakota, North Dakota used to have what's called a blue-collar law, um, oh. which would say that all businesses um, – and I forget the specifics, but places like Walmart, Target, your typical drugstore, not pharmacies. Oh,
0: who's oh, on the line.
2: Deacon Tom, are you on the line with us?
0: I am. Yeah.
2: Okay, you. well, here I thought it was submitted on Facebook, but you're live on the phone with us. So I'll let you a- ask your own question. How about that? No, it's um,
4: not necessarily a question, but it's a comment related to uh, the Sunday opening law that just came about in the uh, North Dakota State Legislature, and, you know, how disappointed I am that they actually went ahead and uh, against the wishes of the people went to, and, and uh, enacted a law anyway to abandon the blue laws that we had in, in, in place. You know, granted North Dakota was the only one that had these laws for several years, but, you know, aside from the church obligation that I think is very important to many people, I am highly concerned about the impact that this is going to have on families having meals together. If you look at various surveys there, depending on what which one you look at, some say that families have meals together three to five times per week.
1: Mm-hmm.
4: Another, another survey that I saw said that it's three times per month. Now, so a Sunday opening has got to impact. The number of times that families have meals together oftentimes which is sunday
2: morning yep absolutely um so with the new law oh sorry deacon so with the new law that says um businesses can't open until noon that was what it was before but with the new law beginning in august here um they can open whenever they want that there is no blue collar law they're getting rid of that law um and so that's that's what's happening in north dakota correct
4: That that that's correct, yeah. And you know, granted, stores have the option of wanting to do that, and and I would hope that, you know, especially those that are are of Catholic uh, faith and even Christian faith, that maybe they would not do so, not not necessarily follow the edicts of the law. Yeah, Um, and really, what
2: it's it's significant significant of, and I think this is true whether you're working, especially, but even if you're not working. We're kind of, as a culture, going away from this concept of Sabbath rest, right? That the church gives us the idea of Sabbath rest, that Sunday is a day set apart.
0: Yeah, Deacon, I appreciate you bringing that up because uh, we really do live in a culture right now that you can't distinguish Sunday from Wednesday, from Friday, whatever. We can't distinguish it, and it's hurting our culture. Uh, Because we don't get that rest that our Mm -hmm. Lord is asking us to do, and so we get out of balance. And uh, so I appreciate you bringing that up.
4: And there's lots of arguments that can be made, you know, um, to the contrary. But the bottom line is just as you say: you know, we got to have rest. We just Mm -hmm. absolutely have to have that.
2: We're not made to go, 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 seven hours a week, twenty-four hours a day, constantly we're made to rest that, in the right. Lord, we're ma- made to work, but we're also made to play. And we need a balance of all those three things to be healthy, right? Absolutely.
4: Absolutely. So I realize this is something that was talked about a little bit more last week, but I, did, I called in too late, so
0: oh, okay. I didn't want
4: to share my mind on that. And, uh, anyway, I'll just leave it at that, and I thank you for your time. Deacon, we appreciate and, uh, it very
0: much. If you want to drive into Aberdeen, I'll give you a free coupon. <laughs> well thank you deacon god bless you okay
4: and you too okay
2: we'll use this as an opportunity to just encourage people on sundays especially to uh to take a break from their work you know to maybe put away have the family put away their cell phones and just be together Um, To spend more time in family, as Deacon said, to share meals together. Meals are a real communal event, especially within family life. Um, They're a time to sit around a table, to catch up on what's going on in each other's life, to share our joys, to share our sorrows, and to really accompany one another, as Pope Francis talks about, is um, to share life. And um, with the getting rid of the blue-collar law, I think that's a lot of the fear on Deacon's mind and fear in a lot of our minds is that we're going away from a common life and more into um, work constantly work as hard as you can for as long as you can to get the most amount done. It's really American type mentality. And I don't mean that negative on American, but I just, we have this thought as a culture of pull myself up by my bootstraps and rely on myself. And as far as I get in life is based on how much I'm willing to work. And sometimes that really runs contrary to what we know to be true in the Christian life.
0: Yeah. And then we, we just break down in terms of if we get, you know, we wonder why we have stress and overstress and overwhelmed, and we just don't take the time to reflect. And that Sunday rest is really important to recuperate and refresh yourself and renew yourself. So it's, it's really important. We're, we're kind of losing that.
2: Mm-hmm. Sometimes I think someone should tell my kids, I have three kids, ages 5, 3, and 1, the concept of Sabbath rest and that they should let their parents rest more on Sunday. What do you think? Maybe I should be the one to tell them, huh?
0: I think uh, I think you need to do more suffering for the Lord. <laughs>
2: uh, every day, Father. Every single day. <laughs> well, we are on the call-in segment. Again, that number to call in is 877-795-0122. You can call in with your questions regarding faith, regarding what's going on in the world today, with your comments, as Deacon did, and uh, for Father Mark to answer. So we are, this is Real Presence Live. We are broadcasting from Roncalli Catholic High School in Aberdeen, South Dakota.
0: It was really nice hearing the kids. Uh, There's a joyful noise coming through the halls Mm -hmm. here at Roncalli and people talking and laughing and enjoying the day here at Roncalli.
2: Absolutely. As kids go back and forth in between classes. Um I should have written down a whole bunch of questions to ask you. In between here. Well in between we're waiting for questions to come in. How about oh we have one that's maybe coming in here from Richard from Ellendale. We'll wait to see if this we can is get him
1: Richard just a second.
2: On the line in just one moment. In the meantime, Father, why don't you talk about um, revitalizing the faith of our young people in the church today? Just a nice light topic real quick.
0: Yeah. Um, Well, one of the reasons why we hired Thomas, actually, is to evangelize and to disciple and to uh, put out the new evangelization, in a sense, or re-evangelization, you might call it. We need to somehow keep working on uh, attracting young people. Uh, to the faith, and that's really important for us. And so to have that, uh, first of all, uh, uh, some kind of plan to help us, you know, with the Lord's help, obviously, uh, to increase, you know, uh, evangelization of our youth.
2: Yeah, speaking of youth, um, on the phone now we have Richard from Ellendale. Richard, how are you?
3: Good, how are you?
2: Good, good to have you on with us this morning. Can you, um, what is your question for Father Mark?
3: Yeah, my question, um, I guess as I explained it, um, I have a 17-year-old son that, um, he, um, very good kid, but um, he doesn't always, uh, I don't know, I guess I I don't think he um, gets into his faith as much as I think um, he could, and... And I guess what I'm wondering is, um, there's an upcoming uh, search retreat in Valley City um, on the 26th through the 28th. I'm just trying to figure out at this point in his life if it's something that, you know, I've kind of always forced him to do things that he maybe doesn't want to do. Is is it a good thing for me to continue to do that yet?
1: Hmm.
3: Or should I let him
0: choose? Yeah, that's a real good question. I think that that's where you really have to keep asking the Holy Spirit to guide you in terms of what to say and what not to say with regards to a family. Now, I'm not a, a father in terms of a physical family, but I do talk to a lot of people that struggle in their families with how to handle kids and different things. And it's, it's a being as gentle and loving as, as you can be, at the same time being firm and being honest. I think you have to be straightforward um, and... Um, of course, you can't you can't force people all the time, especially as they get a little bit older. But at the same time, we direct them in other ways all the time without even thinking about it. Like you, you know, you sign up for this and you sign up for basketball, you sign up for mm-hmm. uh, you know whatever it is that you might do. So we don't have any problem with that. But when it comes to the faith, we might hesitate a little bit. Uh, so there's a kind of a fine line there. I think it's one where you have to really continue to. Call upon the Holy Spirit to give you the words to give you the prudence and the and the charity and the uh you know the discipline to know what to say and it, it doesn't answer the question for you, I'm sure, but um, you I didn't to...
3: necessarily expect um that you guys would be able to say yeah you you should do it but I don't know it just it's stuff that I think is apparent you wrestle with from time to time i mean i I get a lot of you know Nobody else's parents make him do this or do that or you know, and even at the breakfast table this morning, you know, we we don't always do this, but we do it when we can. And um, we were praying a few mysteries of the rosary together, um, and my youngest son, he um, he said, "We need to hurry it up so that we can get get where." wherever we need to go on time. And I appreciate that, but, but I think there's so many times when other areas of our life, um, it's like there was an NCAA championship on last night and he really wanted to watch it. Mm. And I let him watch some of it, but that's way longer than the five or 10 minutes that you know we were going to sit and, and pray. And so, I don't know. I, I guess part of the reason why I called is because, I don't know, somewhat I think, I think I should make him go, uh, but, but I still wanted to understand, you know, I don't know. Sometimes it's hard to know when you're doing the right thing or not, or if you're just, you know.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, you know, I would err on the side of persevering. You know, it, it, these young people later on will thank you for being strong as a mother and father. And they, they will appreciate it later on. I hear that all the time. My parents were really strong in helping me stay in the faith. And, you know, they might stray a little bit once in a while, but then they come back. Um, you know, especially if you've been persevering. I think the thing is to persevere in it. Persevere in the struggle. Uh, keep asking God to give you the graces you need. And uh, you kind of know. I think I would just talk to him cold turkey like you're talking to us. I would tell him, you know, I really desire you to live the, you know, love God and love the faith and that he has a strong understanding of where you're coming from. So being real straight, honest with them too, is a lot of times helpful.
2: And just continuing the dialogue, don't you think, Father? Yeah. To be able to, you know, that he, what you want is for him to be able to come to you, right? And be honest about spiritual life or about whatever else is going on in his life. Um, and be able to talk to you and you can talk to him. And so just continuing the dialogue and asking questions about why why he might not want to go. But also, like Father said, um, I, I don't know, not treating, sometimes we treat faith or retreats as you know just the same thing as basketball camp or band camp. And now you're going to your search retreat and next week you're doing your lifeguard training, whatever it is, you know, but retreats are something different. You know, it's a chance, it's an opportunity to step away from everything else, to listen more intently to the voice of God. And um, you could say, I don't know, if he's never been on a search retreat before, saying something along the lines of, I don't think you're going to regret it. If you take this opportunity, if you give God a chance, if you give him two days out of your life, you're not going to regret it. But um, again, I just, we want to commend you as, um, as a father trying to instill faith in your 17-year-old son, um, not an easy task, I'm sure. So our prayers are with you. Thanks for calling in.
0: There might be. There may be other people in our listening audience that might have some suggestions, too. We'd open that up to people that might have some ideas that they've done or experiences they've had with their children.
2: Again, this is our Straight Talk segment on Real Presence Live. The number to call in and ask your question is 877 795 We have another uh, person on the phone here, Sally, from Box Elder, South Dakota. Sally, are you on with us? I am. Hi, Sally. Um, Thanks for joining. What's your question?
1: I just wanted to thank Rita for her story and what she went through. And I lost a sister about eight years ago, um, and... Five years before she died, she told me that she had had two abortions, one when she was about 19, same age as Rita, and then one when she was married. And she struggled with it, but she would not go back to the church, and um, she was an alcoholic, and she died a tragic death, and I've just been praying that her soul is not in hell, and I just need an answer.
0: Is she, is she in hell is there hope of her i i think Of one her of not be being... yeah this father mark here speaking but i i would say that uh, we never despair of the hope that god gives us for eternal life we trust in god's uh, uh solitary or a healing that god can do uh, to bring people to eternal life and so it you know it's in the hands of god it's keeping keeping our hearts fixed on the lord but um never to despair that that the person doesn't have the gift of eternal life so we keep praying for him keep praying for him and uh, you know there's there's obviously circumstances that she's went through that we don't know her mind the only one that knows her mind is god and god is the one that that does the judging we can't judge and we don't know all that went through in her heart and mind. And so we have to be really aware of that, but never to despair of the gift of eternal life for your sister.
2: Thank you. Thank
0: you very much. Yep. Yeah. God bless
2: you. I know it's it's hard when we don't have a definitive, the church doesn't give a definitive answer on who we, because we don't know. It's up to God what happens at, at their judgment and who had a conversion on their deathbed and, and who didn't. And, um, but we can know as, as Catholics that our prayers and our sacrifices are meaningful for those that are being purified in this place of purgatory that are preparing to enter heaven. So, um, continue to pray, continue to sacrifice for your sister, Sally, um, and for all the poor souls in purgatory, um, that they would come to experience the beatific vision one day.
0: Yeah. And we, we hope that the, the church can be a place of solace and comfort For people that are struggling, you know, and you had mentioned that your sister didn't have a chance to kind of connect back with the church. And, you know, we just hope that, you know, that we can be more. uh, And so I
2: appreciate uh,
0: her bringing this up and and talking about it.
1: Have a blessed day.
2: Thanks, Sally. Thanks for calling in. We appreciate it. Again, this is our straight talk segment. Um, on real presence live, the number is eight seven 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 nine five zero one two two. You know that that last call, that last call from Sally really reminded me a, at least a little bit of such the healing power of the sacrament of confession, and especially during Lent here, you're probably hearing a lot of confessions, huh, Father?
0: Yes, there's we've got a lot of confessions that we've been hearing, and the emphasis that has been placed on the homilies that we've been given her on the mercy of God and how God wants to re- reveal to us our sin to help us to come back to the Lord in repentance, conversion, mm-hmm. change of heart, to re- return with your whole heart. And uh, the, the sacrament sometimes gets a bad rap in the sense that it's sometimes hard for people to go or whatever it mm-hmm. might be. But it's just the most healing thing that we can, we can e- encounter with the grace of God uh, the Lord coming in and healing our hearts and minds, our spirits, um, releasing whatever's hidden in us in mm-hmm. the sense that sometimes we don't want to bring it out or bring it to the light. And people today on the on the phone even have been bringing things out to the light, the light of Christ. And that brings nothing but healing. And that's what the Sacrament of Reconciliation does is it brings healing uh, to our hearts. And um, it's a beautiful sacrament, mm-hmm. one that I highly recommend, I know it's, I always say this to people, if you haven't gone for a long time, do not worry. Come and the priest will help you and help you make a good confession, help you to come back um, and um, to experience that love of God, the experience of God's mercy and forgiveness. And we can't do it ourselves. We Mm -hmm. cannot do it ourselves. And so oftentimes we think we kind of almost rationalize it away. And there's something very healing about coming Going face to face or behind the screen, but but actually speaking out what it is that you've done, and then to get absolution, which yeah. is the absolute forgiveness of your sins.
2: I'm reminded of the line that John Paul II would say throughout his Saint John Paul II throughout his pontificate: "Be not afraid, you know. Be not afraid to to live as a Christian in this world, but also be not afraid to reapproach Jesus in the sacrament of confession." Well, that's all we have. All the time we have. Um, for the Straight Talk segment. Thank you to all those who called in and wrote in with your questions. Reminder, this segment is on 930 Central Time every Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Up next, Jim Ennis of the Catholic Rural Life will be with us to talk about how we can best support our rural churches and later how you can help put your faith into action. We will be right back here on Real Presence Radio.